You are listening to Revolver Podcast. Want to grow your own weed but not sure where to get the seed? Go to bcbuddepot.com. For nearly 15 years, BC Bud Depot has been building one of the world's most comprehensive seed banks, offering over 50 strains of top quality cannabis to suit every grower's needs, including multiple award-winning strains like Godbud, The Perps, BC Blueberry, Girl Scout Cookies, and more. In fact, BC Bud Depot's genetics have won over 30 different cannabis awards over the past decade. So you know you're dealing with a recognized industry leader that will deliver you some of the most potent, flavorful flowers on the planet. They ship worldwide, offering fast, discreet delivery at reasonable prices. All online orders are processed within 48 hours and are packaged and mailed with the utmost stealth and safety in mind. And if for some reason your order gets lost, damaged, or confiscated, BC Bud Depot will resend it at no extra charge guaranteeing that every customer receives what they paid for. Whether you're looking for indica or sativa, indoor or outdoor, feminized or auto-flowering, BC Bud Depot has the seeds you need at a price you can handle. But don't take my word for it. Check out their extensive library of award-winning genetics for yourself at bcbuddepot.com and type in promo code BLAZIN420 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. BC Bud Depot home of cannabis champions since 2002. Please check your local state and national laws before ordering. It's time to roll up those joints, pack those bowls, and fire up those nails. Because you're listening to Blazing with Bobby Black. Greetings once again, my fellow stoners, and welcome back to another special event edition of Blazin. In our last episode, I took you guys up to our neighbors to the north, up in Vancouver Island, Canada, for the first annual BioCup slash Legends Valley Music Festival. We had an awesome time up there, uh, and this time... We're going to be bringing it back home to Southern California for another first, the first ever Dabolition Derby at the Southern California Fairgrounds in Lake Paris. This was a two-day cannabis festival that took place uh, September 17th and 18th. The event was organized by Green Dream Entertainment, sponsored by Weed Maps and Flavor RX, and co-hosted by yours truly and SoCal cannabis icon Medicinal Mike. It was a really fun weekend filled with music, wrestling, classic cars, of course, lots of weed and dabs, and capped off by the exciting Demolition Derby races each night. So why don't you all get nice and high, get comfortable, and enjoy this recap of the weekend's events on the Blazing with Bobby Black Demolition Derby Special. So as I mentioned earlier, the event was sponsored by Weed Maps and Flavor RX, both of whom had a pretty big presence at the venue. 
Uh, Flavor RX actually set up a huge smoking lounge in the Prop 215 area for people to come in and chill out and get high. Uh, naturally, there were lots of other vendors, many of whom you guys are all familiar with, I'm sure, uh, including Hitman Glass, who had a pretty big booth, Happy Daddy, Paris OG, and Wook Flame, among many others. Over the course of the weekend, I had a chance to speak to several of the vendors, starting with Chad Sorin, the owner of Healthstone Glass. Hi, how you doing? Chad here with Healthstone Glass. We're a San Diego-based company making unique concentrate utensils. Been in business since 2009, and we're here to introduce everybody to our products at the Dabalist Derby. Cool, man. Uh, what's really cool about your products is uh, the cleanness of the hits that you get from the stones. Explain a little about the stone and uh, and how, how it's used. All right, well, essentially, uh, to explain it in ways that people can easily understand, the stone is essentially a bowl of herb that will never burn. I, I was introduced to concentrates in 2000, way before there were any concentrate utensils. And uh, back then, just putting a little bit on top of a bowl was the best way to enjoy concentrates. I noticed uh, right away, taking hits of oil like that on top of herb, that the oil would absorb into the bowl of herb and kind of protect the, uh, the herb itself from burning for a moment or two allowing me to take a hit and remove the heat before I really started getting much smoke. Um, those hits at that time were the best hits I've ever had in my life. I, they were very rich in vapor and light in smoke and they immediately inspired a bowl of herb that would never burn. Um, fast forward to 2009 and concentrates being everywhere and concentrate utensils starting to become a real thing. We uh, decided to put some energy in to see if we could uh, make our product a reality been non-stop ever since. Cool, man. So uh, you also had some very unique uh, concentrate you were showing off. It's a CBD, right? Uh, yes. This is actually uh, a product made by a company in Texas. It's called uh, Honey Bee Healthy Living, and they make a variety of CBD products. This is their raw CO2 extracted oil, and uh, I picked up a little bit from uh, Masterminded Distribution and was just very impressed with it. Uh, and then the company decided uh, to donate a little bit so we could introduce patients to it at this event um, since we were gonna be here introducing people to our products also. Fantastic, so you get all the great instant ha, relaxation benefit of the CBD and all the flavor and smell of the herb and without the, without the psychoactive high. Yeah, it's really, uh, really impressive and amazing. I haven't seen uh, concentrates quite like this uh, ever, you know, until very recently, and um, I've thought about, since I started my company back in 2009, concentrates were not nearly as uh, nationally accepted and easy to do business with, even concentrate utensils, like heavily marketing it came with uh, some potential risks, and we, uh, we just, you know, didn't put a lot of energy into that in the beginning, let it kind of grow organically, and I was always... Uh, hopeful to find an extract that didn't have the restrictions of cannabis extracts or THC that would work with my product so that I could market my product a little bit more openly nationwide for use with things other than just THC. That's awesome, man. So yeah, totally. It took a really long time, but now uh, I finally see like like these CBDs as like the beginning of of that happening. Like this is completely non-psychoactive. I completely understand that uh, 
that getting stoned and THC might not be what everybody wants and not necessarily good for every individual person. You know, I mean, I sure. wouldn't push yeah. it on people who aren't interested, even though I believe cannabis promotes well-being. Uh, absolutely. At even more of a level, I believe that CBDs promote well-being, and when they have, uh, they don't have that that uh, psychoactive factor. It's it's removing that element of getting people stoned and doing something that's going to mess you up and it's really something that's a lot more comfortable to suggest maybe someone think about giving it a try you know what i mean like i've already talked to five or six people today who weren't really interested in getting stoned even people who don't smoke and let them understand that there's absolutely no active thc in this it's non-psychoactive they were they were open to trying it and they were very impressed with the immediate effects Sure. Awesome, man. Well, uh, I, I think I should mention, since it's written so big behind you on the banner, uh, I'm very familiar with Luke the Brave's story. Right. But uh, for those who aren't, would you uh, would you mind telling us a little about Luke? Luke, Luke is amazing. If you don't know who he is, uh, you should follow Luke the Brave on Instagram. He's a very, very, very inspirational young man that unfortunately passed away a little over a year ago now. Um, and he's one of the best friends I've ever had in my life. When I met him, he uh, did something I've never really experienced, the way he shared his energy with myself and a handful of people uh, that were also introduced to him from the industry. He kind of adopted us. You know what I mean? Like, he, he adopted us. Like, such a strong, instant bond. Like, like unlike anything I've ever experienced before, you know what I mean? It just, uh, he became one of the most important people that I had a personal relationship in, with in my life, like upon meeting him. And, uh, yeah, lo losing him uh, last year, one of the hardest things that I've ever experienced in my life. Like, you know, everything gets a little easier with time, but thinking about Luke not being here, you know, Still, still can knock me all the way down to the ground on, on some days. Yeah. Wednesday is actually his birthday, and he'll uh, oh, he would have wow. been 23. We'll be uh, celebrating at his father's house. Uh, it's on the top of the hill in San Clemente, and it was Luke's favorite vantage points for amazing sunset. So we're gonna go wow. watch Luke's sunset. Cool. Well, we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely have to do a dab toast to him on uh, Wednesday for sure. But uh, I became aware of him through my wife April found him on Instagram, and uh, she just said you gotta check this guy out, you know. And uh, he had his condition was his skin was like paper, right? That's something that, like yeah. It, it, the condition he had is called epidermolosis bullosa. It's very rare, and it's uh, it's a very unfortunate. Uh, condition that, that you're born with, you know what I mean? Um, essentially, his skin, his external skin and the skin inside is a fraction of the width of what our skin is supposed to be. So he was very, very, very prone to abrasions and cuts and scratches and bruises. Um, he literally had to start his day getting wrapped in bandages from head to toe so that he could wear clothes so that his shirts didn't uh, give him abrasions on his skin. He had a very tremendously tough and painful life and through it all he was the most inspirational positive minded grateful person that I've ever met in my life like, like someone with the hardest life that I've ever known also who never complained you know, and it's just it's unreal 
the, the person that he was. Too big of a spirit to, to be contained on Earth too long. Yeah, I remember well, as soon as I heard about his story, I reached out and offered uh, to have him be a judge at the Cannabis Cup because I wanted him to be able to have all that medicine, you know, to get that kit full of medicine and stuff. Yeah. But uh, I don't think it ever worked out for him to judge, but he did come to the event. I, I Right, no, he and, wasn't able to judge. And uh, like the actual last time that uh, any of his friends were able to see him, the last time I got to see him was the uh, LA Cup. Not last year, but the one before uh, we worked that event, and uh, he was really sick, very close to his uh, last day, um, and not really in the condition to be out and around, but he knew a lot of his friends would be working at that event, and uh, he just knew that that would be his last opportunity to see him. I'm really, I'm really, I'm really sad that I didn't get to meet him. I was at that event, and for some reason, our paths never crossed. Probably because I was working and running around. But if I had known, if I had known for sure that he was there, I didn't. But if I had known, I would have made it a point to go see him. It was, it's a big. I'm sad that I didn't get a chance to meet. Bro, him. like, it's hard for me to get over that I didn't take the rest of my day off that day when he stopped by my booth to see me. I was so busy. Had a, a, you know, a booth full of people, and I took a moment to talk to him and his mom to give him a toe, give him a hug real quick. But I wish I took that and spent the rest of my day with him. Yeah, man. I know. But you know what? He knew that you loved him, man, and that's all that matters in the end. At that point of the interview, I stopped the recording, because as you can tell, Chad had become very emotional talking about his friend Luke who had passed away. Luke was indeed a very inspirational young man, and I urge all of you to please... Learn more about his story by going to LukeTheBrave.com. Another inspirational figure who was actually at the Dabolition Derby that weekend was my friend Eddie Funksta. Aside from working with Hitman Glass's Chalice Festival and contributing to several cannabis magazines, including Greenleaf and Skunk, Eddie has now founded his own company called Nature's Healing Oil, which manufactures medical cannabis oil very similar to the Phoenix Tears or Rick Simpson oil that many of you may be familiar with. I say that Eddie is inspirational not only because of the amazing medicine that he makes and donates to so many patients, but also because he's something of a modern shaman. He has an almost encyclopedic knowledge of psychedelic plants, particularly mushrooms and cacti. your product, Eddie. What I make is pure cannabis plant extract, and we also make both extract tinctures, and we also make cannabis capsules. So our product is called Native Healing Oils. We're not Rick Simpson, so we make Native Healing Oils, which is an ethanol extraction. We make our own ethanol, so we're pretty much making uh, moonshine and then making our product. Your medicine. Yeah, cool. I like that you uh, you don't use his name because you're not Rick Simpson. That's yeah, right. Much respect to him and the technique, bringing it back to the masses. But I don't use naphtha in Washington. I use naphtha that makes a good product. But when it came to the patient's health, we believe the ethanol extraction was cleaner on their body. Cool man, cool man. So I, I see a lot of Greenleaf magazines out. Uh, you're a contributor for Greenleaf now, aren't you? Yes, and also I'm going to be contributing for the Highway and Skunk magazine also. Oh, Kanyamo is really cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's cool. I also do work with medicinal mushrooms and stuff like that. So they're asking me about those things right Yeah, I was going to say, so other than, I know that you're a big fan of the, uh, of the mushrooms and you're a uh, mushroom hunter, a mushroom connoisseur. Uh, what else do you write about? I write about the entheogens, uh, DMT, uh, peyote mescaline. I grow the plants. I grow cactuses. We grow and a bunch of different types of entheogens. Not just cactuses, but cactus lily plants and ayahuasca. And we do quite a few different things as shamans. And we believe in what's called visionary healing. And that's about using ancient medicines in today's culture. Bringing back the past. Here in the future, we're along. Right on, man. So you're a psychonaut, a, a shamanic uh, healer. That's awesome, man. Amen to that. Uh, you know, the old, uh, the old ways and the old gods are uh, sometimes the best ones, you know? Uh, they shake us to our foundation and let us remind us that we are part of this earth. There was more of a connection, I think, back in the uh, pagan. I, I'm a pagan myself, and uh, uh, regardless of denomination or anything like that, uh, the idea that spirituality is directly connected to nature and the earth uh, and the stars and heavens as well is uh, something that I think kind of gets lost in the in the Western tradition. You know? They displace us from it. They make us believe that our gods are in the stars, behind the skies, and behind clouds and beyond Saturn and the reality the indigenous put you in touch that the inner God and we're pieces of God and we are gods and that ourselves that we belong on this planet to take care of it. And that's what the indigenous did for me and wiped me of all the layers of Western culture and society and stigmatisms of owning a house and having a car and being a product of society and learn at the end of the day they're just trying to devalue of who we are of caretakers of this planet and we're here to help it and it helps us and that the plants are here to nourish us and to treat us and to teach us and to give us visions to help our cultures and only some of us have awoken to that and those that have lead our cultures and lead the people around us and we're kind of shamans in our own communities kind of per se but you know it's kind of undercover because it's still a real stigmatism to it because of the 60s cultures about you know some people jumping off some bridges and thinking they yeah. can fly but that was Sherm that did that that wasn't or some really good LSD and we don't yeah. we don't have that Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, well, uh, LSD. It's different story. well, if there's anything that can help you uh, find your inner divinity, it's something like that. That's for sure. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Santa Series is a beautiful one, but right it on. definitely shows you the right way to come together and protect yourself. All right. Great chat with you, Eddie. Thank you, Bobby. After chatting with Eddie, I headed across the aisle to the Dab Av booth to catch up with pot photographer turned entrepreneur Jerry Krzecki Jr. What's up, guys? Bobby Black here at the Dab out at 25% over at SC Labs. Flower profile on it for returns is 24.1. Very nice. Uh, we're, uh, we're going, we've actually entered in one competition and I took uh, first place in that. We're going to the second series now, which will be tomorrow. And then we're going to be 
last vendor I had a chance to interview was Johnny B. from Nogu, makers of the extremely popular silicone dab jars, dab mats, and other concentrate accessories. Hey everybody, I'm Johnny B. from Nogu. Great to see everyone at the Dabolition Derby, Bobby, April, and uh, just want to show you some new stuff. Yeah, what is that? This uh, is a pretty awesome contraption, I must say. I'm impressed. Tell us about it. These just got released last week. They're silicone rigs or flower or water pipes, but they're all silicone, glass-on-glass connection, um, easy to clean, glow-in-the-dark, can't break them, and uh, they're super popular and kind of excited about glow in the dark and unbreakable sounds like perfect for like the bathtub like a romantic bathtub dab easy to find you know? at night yeah <laughs> cool but yeah we got that camping too right oh totally <laughs> see so it in the, the dark beach, the beach. yeah yeah perfect um, then we just came out with our no goose skull jars oh those are cool and they're big keep your head stash in the head totally <laughs> um and we had a famous glass artist charles lowry designed the skull in clay and we had it uh, 3D scanned to make the mold and it was a pretty cool process with a, a very famous artist. Very cool, very cool. So we cool. actually, we have his initials in the in the skull. Oh, nice. So it's kind of like the first uh, silicone in a, in, a, in a big artist collab. Right on, man. Yeah, just all kinds of stuff. We got our new uh, super huge mats, three feet by two feet. 
tell us a little about the company, how it came together. You've been around the scene for a long time, and I just see every time I see you, you've got new products <laughs> and more products, and you're expanding like crazy. Yeah, well, we, I've been in it about eight years now, and I started with uh, the Digger One Hitter, which is uh, the Digger over there. I remember the Digger, yeah. This was my first product, but basically I've been using one of these since I was like a kid, and it always had a flat end on it, and there was a huge pain in the ass to use with your dugout because you would have to compact it, and it, 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 yeah. just, it was a problem. So one day I, I dropped the glass one and put a chip in it, and I, uh, I thought to, I should put five more in it, so I took a, a Dremel Moto tool and serrated up a, a bat, and uh, <laughs> then we patented it, and that was the start. So that's called the Digger One-Hitter. Right. And that's been a, just a long-term, long old-school one. And then the thing that you've become synonymous with, I think, is the little silicone, silicone round yeah. uh, dab jars, which are like just become a staple on the scene. And these have been interesting. Um, I was living in San Diego, and we were making a silicone ashtray, um, and that's kind of when the dabs really started to come around, and all the dispensaries were serving it in, in plastic jars. Like peanut butter, you were losing goo to the jar. So we were using these silicone ashtrays as dab holders, and uh, we made a little dab tray with a tool holder on it years ago. And that was like the first silicone dab product that I know of. And my partner from Smash Tray, John Dorans, was the guy that invented that. So that gave me the idea to make these cosmetic jars out of silicone. And so I kind of started Nogu, and we started with this one jar, and we're up to like 30 different products now, and all kinds of custom printing, and uh, here's an Adam Hill mat. What? <laughs> and then this year I wanted to uh, get a lot of shit for making stuff overseas. So I put my money where my mouth was, and I made USA-made Nogu jars, and I'm able to retail them for the same price as one of my competitors. Awesome. That's an import. So I really wanted to accomplish that, and uh, we did it. So please support us. And it's, uh, right on, man. www.nogunonstick.com. And uh, thank cool. you very much. Thanks, man. You bet. Thanks, Bobby. All right, guys. Well, it's time for us to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. But don't you dare turn this podcast off because the most exciting parts are yet to come. Music, wrestling, and the Dabolition Derby. Stay tuned. Want to grow your own weed but not sure where to get the seed? Go to bcbuddepot.com. For nearly 15 years, BC Bud Depot has been building one of the world's most comprehensive seed banks, offering over 50 strains of top-quality cannabis to suit every grower's needs, including multiple award-winning strains like God Bud, The Perps, BC Blueberry, Girl Scout Cookies, and more. In fact, BC Bud Depot's genetics have won over 30 different cannabis awards over the past decade. So you know you're dealing with a recognized industry leader that will deliver you some of the most potent, flavorful flowers on the planet. They ship worldwide, offering fast, discreet delivery at reasonable prices. All online orders are processed within 48 hours and are packaged and mailed with the utmost stealth and safety in mind. And if for some reason your order gets lost, damaged, or confiscated, BC Bud Depot will resend it at no extra charge guaranteeing that every customer receives what they paid for. Whether you're looking for indica or sativa, indoor or outdoor, feminized or auto-flowering, BC Bud Depot has the seeds you need at a price you can handle. But don't take my word for it. 
Check out their extensive library of award-winning genetics for yourself at bcbuddepot.com and type in promo code BLAZIN420 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. BC Bud Depot, home of cannabis champions since 2002. Please check your local, state, and national laws before ordering. And welcome back to the Blazin' Dabolition Derby event special. Before the break, I brought you interviews with some of the vendors at the event. And now it's time for the really exciting stuff. Like I said earlier, my co-host for the event was Medicinal Mike. And he and I basically had three main jobs. To be the ringside announcers at all of the wrestling matches. Comment on the evening's races alongside the track's official announcer and present a special Lifetime Achievement Award belt to none other than stoner wrestling icon Rob Van Dam. Now, I must admit, I've hosted a lot of pod events, but I've never actually announced a wrestling match or a demolition derby before. And I gotta say, keeping up with the action is no easy task. Thankfully, my co-announcer, Medi Mike, is a wrestling enthusiast and has had a lot of experience in this area, so... I pretty much followed his lead. Big punch to the face. Angel getting worked over in the corner. Terrence using him as a weapon. Using the vampire as a weapon. <laughs> when you're that big, you can pretty much just pick what you want to do in the ring. What a move to the ground. The vampire spine shattered. One, two, two pounds. Five Speaking of vampires, are we going to see any blood today? Maybe a couple more days. She's <laughs> oh, not even phasing the 420 pound man. <laughs> <laughs> Both are throwing them off the ropes. Oh, double clothesline. Mike and I were also joined at the announcer's table by the host of the main stage, Adam Ill of Be Real TV, who added his own colorful commentary to the mix. 420-pound man slapping the vampire. One more time. The, the vampire weighing maybe at a buck Oh, right to the ground with him. The Dominator fighting from the outside of the ring. That's concrete down there. Oh! Down he goes onto the concrete. Angel's hair just blowing in the wind. Oh! It's so great. Get an angel. Oh! 420 pounds to the face of 120 pounds. Angel going for the two. Three! That is an elimination of Mr. Deadshaw. Down to the ground he goes. Not looking so good. Oh! You see that? What was that? Like the stunner right there. Three count. Eliminating out Angel. Oh. With the very count. Oh. There we go. Kicking to the midsection of the Dominator. 420 rounds. Man, unfortunately, that was. Oh, flying elbow. The Adam Hill elbow, we're calling that. Two count. Oh! Vampire taking out two bodies. Two men. Two men. 420 pounds left with the posing vampire, Azrael. Are you ready for this vampire? Oh! His tattoo is bigger than the actual guy he's fighting. Oh! Spinebuster. 
taking all the blood out of the vampire. Oh, no, he's not! Oh! I hope he can come back from the dead after that. A little bit of THD will pick him right up. After the five-man elimination match, I had a chance to interview fan favorites, the Stoner Brothers. Because, hey, what's wrestling without a little smack talk, right? I'm Scotty. Yeah. And he's Ricky. Mom Ricky. Together, we are the highest quality tag team around. We're the Stoner Brothers. There ain't nobody higher. We have the highest spots. We smoke all the weed. We come from there, called place. <laughs> come on, Ricky. I always bought shit and you fucking help me. Do something. We're at the Dabblish Derby today. We came all the way from Oakland, California to do one thing. Maybe three, but I'm gonna say one, and that's get high. Yeah. And we're here and we're yeah. high. Yeah. We're gonna wrestle later and we're gonna kick ass. Yeah! At one point during the day, Adam Ill even climbed into the ring to challenge the audience to a dab off. Adam Ill sometimes climbing to the highest mountain top to pick the rarest weeds in the world. You ready? Get the torque. Get that shit red hot. Come to the ring, brother. That's right, it's not as easy as it looks, does it? I think the ring Malcolm Dad. Referee, Kim Sullivan, get the ring ramp. You gotta make sure it's fair. You're a dabber, dog. You ain't a real dabber. Here I got. No, I'm just playing. Who got a dabber? Who got a dabber? Both men squaring up now. Make this official, ref. Come on, I want you to make sure the nail is red hot. Referee, Kim Sullivan, first dab challenge. The dab is You ready? I'm getting it all on there. <laughs> now gathering up one grab of the finest concentrate in the world. Who's the sponsor that concentrate there? This is oh sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, West Coast concentrated connoisseurs. Uh, West Coast Cure, concentrated connoisseurs. West Coast Cure, uh, Adam Hill, Ronnie Hill. Good job. Are you ready? Shout out to PG7. Oh, Hey, my ref. Oh, we got another grand for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Quiet spectator, professional dabber, Malcolm Dad. You don't know, he went to dab, dab college for years. Oh. Not far from the wrestling ring was another adrenaline-pumping attraction, the Globe of Death, a large iron sphere in which two brave motorcyclists, known as the Yabara Brothers, 
defied gravity and risked life and limb by racing their motorcycles in circles around one another inside the globe. It was a truly thrilling spectacle to behold. Before things got too crazy on Sunday, I had a chance to chat with the organizer of the event, Nathaniel Mares of Green Dream Entertainment. All right, I'm here with Nathaniel Mares, the uh, main man here, organizer behind uh, the Dabolition Derby and Green Dream Entertainment. What's up, Nate? What's going down? So uh, it's day two of the big, uh, the big event. How's everything going? It's going, man. We're excited. We got a nice skull band, uh, Scarlet and the Fever just got done on the second stage. And I, uh, there's a nice little crew building already. We got a steady flow of people coming in, so it's pretty good. Yeah. The derby was insane. What gave you the idea to do a uh, to do this event, to do a Dabolition Derby? I was raised on this like 20 minutes away, and I always worked on the property. And so uh, my family works on the concession stands here. So we had an opportunity to do a 250 event and just try to come here and be the first one to do it. Um, there's just a lot going on. I had a partner, Jimmy, that just you know had a lot to do. We just kind of going back. My Isaac, my partner, Rome, just. Uh, it's a really collective of people just really coming together to pull us off in like three, three months. I mean, it was a couple meetings, but then the rest was just like three months of just hardcore promoting. Just months to get the fire, to get as many people as we can involved in the communities on the reggae aspect and on the aspect of the cannabis community and with the racing community. I mean, it was just, it just seemed really cool to bring a new crowd of people to the cannabis community that aren't really used to the cannabis to make it more normal for them everybody around. Yeah, that's cool. It was fun last night. We had some fun with the uh, race announcers in the booth. Uh, Medi Mike and I were just kind of poking, you know, teasing them about, hey, you guys haven't gotten high before? Why don't you try a dab? And like, they're all, no, 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 you know. But, uh, he was pretty excited that he got to play explicit music. <laughs> he, he was like, uh, they messaged me and asked, uh, hey, can I play explicit music this time? You know, because he never gets to play explicit music. Yeah, usually yeah. Usually for kids. Family this friendly, is an 18 yeah. plus event, you know, so... It was pretty fun. Everyone had a good time. That was here, you know. I mean, tonight we got fortunate youth. We got everyone. We got, we got a lot of people coming tonight. Really? How did the How did the wrestling aspect come into play? That was Dissonal Mike and Bob and you. You know, with everybody just kind of talking. You guys work. You work with Mike, and Mike thought of you and go, man, me and Bobby can like sit there and announce this whole thing and get and we can like do this. No, it's just like, dude, I just saw this whole <laughs> ask Andy Kaufman type idea of like you know some something happening or like maybe adam hill getting in there you know he did well, we should smoke yeah see, he did yesterday go. and I, he got up there to throw some stuff out and then i egged him on i said oh i said on the mic adam ill issuing a, issuing a challenge to the audience claiming that uh, no one can be higher than him and then yeah. sure enough some dude stepped forward and like challenged him see, to like it. a dab off in the ring it was I pretty cool it. see there you go fine, fine yeah work. cool yeah. man well, so uh, if everything goes well with the rest of the event, which we're hoping it does, uh, are you guys going to be doing more events at this location, you think? Oh, yeah, no worries. We're doing at least two, two, four events, four events a year, like pretty good sites events, but definitely doing Dabolish Derby every year. Um, we have a lot more things planned. We got, you know, just, it's endless opportunities with this property, you know, we want to put a lot more back into it to, to get it up to our it's a pretty decent facility already. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. No, it is. It is. There's just a lot, a lot of cool little things that can be done. There's a lot of shade. It needs more buildings. Because you have to really, if you want to do something, you got to put a lot of tents in. It's just cool. Yeah. But I want 
I want to build structures here in the Viking Town. You know, have I want to be hitting that building for and stuff like that. Cool. So, awesome, man. Well, uh, hope uh, the rest of the event goes uh, swimmingly, and uh, I hope to be involved in uh, all your future endeavors as well. This has been fun. Family, family, all right. You're there. You're there. Yeah, man. Thanks, Nate. As I mentioned, music was a huge part of the event. There were bands playing all day, both days, from around noon until just before the races started at 9 p.m. And while there were a lot of different musical styles represented, the majority of the performers were reggae and ska music. The headliner for Saturday night was popular Rasta reggae singer Don Carlos. Check it out. Sunday night's headliners were fortunate youth who brought more of an upbeat, rock-infused reggae sound to the stage.
soon as their performance ended, we were rushed over to the pit in the center of the racetrack to present Rob Van Dam with his Lifetime Achievement Award.
Moments after we had given him the award, our buddy C-Money of Slightly Stupid and C-Money and the Players treated the crowd to a rendition of the national anthem on trumpet to get the festivities underway. And with that, the races were ready to begin. that out. <laughs> we looked at the cars. 
Before long, Rob Van Dam joined us in the announcer's booth and started laying into Adam Ill with some good-natured ribbing. Can I just say something, Adam Ill? Yes. Okay, uh, why are you breathing so hard? Because I ran up like 15,000 stairs to get here. I know, but I know that I'm amazing and I'm a successful human being, but the average person should be able to run up and down yeah. and up. There's only like, dude, there's like eight steps there. And it's, I just, you know, people like you, you smoke cigarettes. I smoke backwards. What is that? That means you used to smoke cigarettes, and now you're doing, like, and now you're doing, like, I do an all natural tobacco After years of smoking cigarettes? No, I don't smoke cigarettes. Never? Never. 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 Never, Rob! Why do you look up your lungs? I tried it once. I don't like it. All right, well, anyway. I like me. After 20 smashing, crashing laps around the track, we had our winner. It was the Bully Market car driven by Garrett McCourt, who was interviewed by the track's pit reporter. I figure if I got a checker, I might as well crash some bitch at least once. 
It was a great race and a great weekend overall. I'd like to give big shout outs to my co-hosts, Medicinal Mike and Adam Ill, our special guest, Rob Van Dam. Shout out to Green Dream Entertainment for putting on this killer event and to the Southern California Fairgrounds at Lake Paris for hosting it. Also want to thank the event sponsors, Weed Maps and Flavor RX. We couldn't have done it without you, as well as all the vendors, performers and attendees for coming out and making the weekend so memorable. If you'd like to know more about any of the people I just mentioned, you can find links to all their sites on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash blazingwithbobbyblack. You'll also find a gallery of photos from the event. And while you're there, make sure you give us a like and leave us some comments or some feedback. Also, please follow me on social media, Twitter at Bobby Black, Facebook and Instagram at Bobby Black 420 also, if you happen to be in Southern California, I urge you to pick up the October edition of the 420 book. Inside, you will find a feature written by yours truly about the event. And that's going to wrap it up for this special event edition of Blazin, covering the Dabolition Derby. I thank all of you guys for tuning in and talking up with us again. Until next time, this is Bobby Black saying, Blaze on, brothers and sisters. 